You're listening to a bonus episode of The Dairy Age, featuring Chagisk's weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also available as a podcast. Good morning, everyone, um, and you're very welcome to this week's um, Let's Talk Dairy um, webinar. Seamus Nolan is joining us from Roscommon Longford Dairy Advisor in Roscommon Longford to give us an update as to what's happening in his own catchment, um, what has the conversation been with farmers um, over the last number of weeks, and I suppose the, the plan going forward over the next number of weeks into breeding. How did your guys get on? It was a, it was a tough slog from that kind of March period on. What, what's happening in that Roscommon Longford catchment? Yeah, look, what I suppose I met groups in in early March and I met them again last week. And I suppose it was a, it was a different story for both meetings. Like, you know, so when we met lads in early March, you know, a lot of lads had had a good bit of grazing done. I'd say it was the first time in a long time, I'd say that the majority of lads had probably hit 30% grazed, mm-hmm. you know, even on heavier farms, lads maybe wouldn't normally get out maybe until the, you know, the end of February or the 1st of March anyway. But a lot of those had, had hit the 30% grazed. And and we're flying it, you know. And um, then, of course, March came, and and you know, in all fairness, I, I don't think we got it as bad as other parts of the country. I think down south, you know, uh, I know we often uh, claim that down south is a different climate to us, but uh, I think over the last six months or so, you've got, they've, they've got their fair share of rain, even more more so than we've got. So, like we we got about 160 millimeters of rain here for March, and normally you'd have 70 to 100, like you know, depending on the year. So. It did. It did put the kibosh on things, I suppose. And and uh, now saying that, uh, some lads will say the the more determined fellas on on drier farms got a good bit of grazing done during March, like you know, and and were housed were housed for for small enough periods of time. But there are some fellas, as Joe says, there, like, you know, that that literally were were housed for for a fortnight or three weeks there at some stage, and and are only really beginning to. Even last week here now, I had I had we say four group meetings, and we spent three of them in the shed looking out at the rain. Do you know? Yes, it's only in the in the last few days. We like we had heavy rain again on Saturday, so cows are cows are out again now. All right, over the last over the last week or so, like you know, but it's it's only beginning to improve at this stage. Uh, but it's still it's still cold, like you know. Um, and we're so, slow to get back grazing, Shami, or what's the? I suppose we were, we were spoilt, as you say, we were on target and ahead of target, and then mm. um, our guys kind of getting back now. What's what's the situation? Uh, what's, yeah, what's fell, fell we're like? getting back. I I generally find you know that. Once fellas get out, you know, if they get out early at all, they're sort of determined to keep them out and yeah. and they're determined to get them back out then, you know, whereas if fellas don't get them out at all, you know, that early period, then in, in on heavier farms, they're probably that bit slower to get them going in March then, like, you know, but what they had them out early, so they were, they were determined enough. And I even came across a couple of cases where, where lads just decided, like, protein was on the floor, it was down below 3% and said, hell with this like they have to go out like because the silage just wasn't good enough you know and uh, they, they let them out uh, put them back out even though they might be doing a bit of damage but uh, they, they, were, they were willing to sacrifice that on the basis of the, the milk on the proteins and that you know yep yep and come here where are you were saying to me you've um, run group reports there where's actually we've seen uh, average cover nationally is something close to 800 where, where would your own groups be sitting at Look, at I, I ran a report myself. I'd run a report every week and send it out to fellas for a cover. I'd capture a cover that's done in the previous two weeks, maybe at this time of the year. Uh, at the minute, it's it's at the, it's at seven eighty three, like on that, which is close enough to the national average. But 
if if I exclude a few lads out of that, maybe that have no graze and done or very little graze and done, like there's a few lads with, with very high covers there on the system. Now, you'd question, I don't know how they were calculated, but if you take a few of those outliers out of it, I suppose the coverage is closer to maybe 730 or 740, you know? Um, so it's, and growth rate over the last last uh, two weeks has been about 33 Right, you know, yeah. So probably yeah. this week you're growing north of forty, or yeah, I'd terms. expect that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now within that, obviously, if you have an average group cover of seven thirty or seven forty, this fella's up to a thousand, and this fella's down at at five hundred in that, like, you know. So that what I'm seeing is that maybe the lads that kept grazing, uh, we say the the more determined fellas on drier farms that were able to keep cows grazing, they're at the lower end of the of the cover at the minute. Which I suppose, in some ways, it's it's not a bad position to be. Uh, you know, we talk about starting the the second round with low. You know, to, you'd, you know, you like to be tight on grass at the start of the second round before grazing takes off, because it, it's a sort of means in itself of control and things like you know. So yeah. um, it's the people who have the higher covers at this stage now that you'd probably be more worried about. Like, do you know? Very good. And come here in terms of fertilizer, then um, difficult. Obviously, whatever was got out was. Plenty of slurry probably got out in February in terms of and good conditions for it. Mm. Talk me through in terms of where guys are actually at now from a grazing perspective. Are they up to date with, with fertilizer? What's the I think over the last week or so now, fellas have got out and, and topped up. They're supposed their product of choice nearly at this stage now is 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 a compound if they have a P allowance, like they're going with like Savating 612 or something similar like that. Um try and get a bit of P and K on the grazing on on any ground that hasn't got slurry I should say really like you know yes. um so majority of lads I suppose have 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 50 50 or so units out uh up, up until the end of March they are or the first week in April I should say on yeah. on the grazing ground so they're 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 being to top that up now again you know so now really what you're saying they're following with compounds what a bag and a half eighteen six twelve bag and a half twelve exactly yeah 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 now there's there are some lads on very wet farms that have no fertilizer out at all okay you know, and in terms of the advice yeah. for them Seamus now I suppose is as ground conditions have improved what are you telling those guys I sure they'd want to go with a bag of urea you know mm. um I I know I know it's it may sound counter counter I suppose productive or not counterproductive but in, in terms of bad advice but some of them lads have, have a lot of grass on the place as well like you know in terms of they've not grazing done but you have to remember I suppose that the fertiliser you're putting out now is for grass that you're going to graze in, in five or six weeks time so uh, if they put out if they take the approach that well sure we, we, we've lots of grass we won't put out any fertiliser they could well see themselves tight in, in uh, five or six weeks time you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's that one in terms of lots of lo- lots of grass on the farm. They're ne- nearly slow to go with fertilizer. They're struggling yeah. to get through that grass. But as you yeah. say, it's important. Come here, talk to me about. I see the the feed and fodder committee met nationally there. I think it was last week. Um, a lot of silage stocks, as Joe said, used up around the country between dry conditions last back end and a tough spring. Um, talk to me. Where are your guys at? Uh, funny enough, we we spoke of this about group meetings last week because on on the data sheet that they were sending in, there was there was a good few lads still feeding silage. You know, um, obviously some fellas were in uh, full time near enough. There was some lads feeding maybe in at night. A good few fellas in at night, I suppose, and, and some fellas, as Joe says, still feeding. A, 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 they were out. They were still out. They were getting a couple of kilos of silage in at milking time and that sort of thing. I'd say rough estimate. I'd say about five percent of fellas were out of silage. You know, okay. uh, low enough. Like you know, some like, the, the amount of fellas that were were out of silage and were and were buying silage was low enough. Now I'd say less than five percent. 
still lots of silage in in the area like you know there's no there's no shortage of silage uh, i'd say about another i'd say 20 25% of fellas were had about 3 weeks 3 to 4 weeks silage left you know yes. and the rest of them had seemed to have lots of silage you know now yeah. quality of that silage is another story but it's it's this fiber in, in the yard we'll put it that way you know so the well, i suppose there's what there's 30% that have either used up or, or are digging into that reserve that, yeah. that they like to be carrying that has to be rebuilt mm. now um, th- those lads as well those fellas that had the the 20 25% that had 3 weeks left uh, si- since last week there wouldn't be a lot of that fed like really you know so th- they probably have that the most of that buffer. 3 week buffer left you know okay Okay. Yeah. You, you mentioned. I'll come back to fertilizer in a minute. But you mentioned silage quality. I was out with a few groups myself in March. Um, everyone was complaining of 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 protein percentage and where it was at. Uh, was there ever a period in terms of where where, where silage quality probably um, causes uh, serious frustration at farm level? Was there was there much chat in your groups about that or? What are lads thinking in terms of of silage quality in this this year ahead? I suppose. Sure. Look, at we in, in actually in the March meetings we, we put a, a good of em- emphasis on making quality silage like uh, going forward and the need to be cutting it, you know, in, around that mid fifteenth twentieth of May period or you know in around that or even earlier in some cases, you know, like yeah, if you have to look at what the lads that are consistently making good quality silage, what are they doing, you know? Yeah. They're they're cutting it early. They're probably not poisoning it with nitrogen, you know, uh, uh, getting a. Um, uh, a reasonable crop in 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 that mid mid May period, and you know when and, and normally we will get that week to ten days of some period in May where the weather is good and it's it's fit for making silage, and they can go then and they can cut it like they're not they're not they're not still waiting for the nitrogen to go out of it, you know. Um, whereas fellas that normally would have normally put out eighty to ninety units, it's not going over until the end of May really, like you know. So. A bit of emphasis on that. We have gone through it, like you know, in terms of what fellas need to do. And I suppose that the, the, there isn't enough milk and cow silage, as we call it, made on farms. I suppose as such, you know. Yeah. Um, There's nearly an emphasis now on making dry cow silage, where that, to a certain degree, some of that stuff makes itself. It's um, oh, it does. Yeah, it's very easy to make that now. In fairness, and and, and look at it, if you haven't got it, you'll get it. You, you'll get it not too far away. You know, um, you're short um, of a few bales. Absolutely. And as you say, I suppose this year. Time and fertilizer application is probably a bit later, um, mm. so that kind of general consensus is reduce the rate slightly and and hold cutting date as such. Parik yeah. O'Kiley's work, I remember looking at it in terms of <clears throat> when you look at the annual yields, you know pushing that first cut, pushing that first cut uh, cutting date back. Really, all it's doing is pinching from second cut and maybe yeah. not allowing lads to make third cuts. So Very I think good. in general what fellas are doing, they're they're sort of reducing the amount of at this stage maybe going with maybe about sixty units. Like some of that ground has got slurry already maybe earlier in the year. So they're maybe going with sixty units of a top up now with aim to cutting it in fifteen, twentieth of May, you know? Yep. Um breeding, um what are we on? We're on the twentieth of April. Um yeah. when do guys normally start uh in your area and um what's their thinking this year, I suppose? <laughs> Was yeah. Look at the, they, they normally start around the first of May, I suppose, is normally or the last few days of April is kind of. I suppose wherever the Monday starts in or around that time, I suppose generally. I actually think it's the first. It's the first of May this year, as far as I'm aware. So yeah, it's, as you it's, say, it's, it's, but, it's, it's, but it's probably a bank holiday, so they might start until Tuesday. <laughs> Absolutely, especially if so, we're scam- if, if we're are still in the championship, they mightn't start at all for another couple of weeks. What do you mean if? But anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so breeding, yeah. So um 
look at I don't think lads are in terms of starting date are aren't doing anything different. Like they're they're still sticking to their dates. I suppose what fellas did find is that uh, even though they are maybe not starting until around the first of May, there's a lot of a lot of animals calved at the end of January. You know, with short gestation bulls, etc. So, um, you know, that's part and parcel of the of the of the thing. Like, you know, so they're they're reluctant to go any earlier. I suppose in terms of yeah, that's, that's what I was gonna that's what I was gonna ask because there is a little bit of that creeping a little bit earlier with sex semen and stuff. But your guys mm. are kind of holding steady, I suppose. They don't want calves before that kind of end of January. Well, period, they, they don't, but they're getting them already. Like even with conventional semen and short gestation bulls, like you know, they are coming maybe around the twentieth of January. Like you know, so you, you could have lads with. 15% of the herd cab before they're, they're due they're, they're due date at all like you know yeah, um yeah. so they're not do they're not doing anything different i don't think in terms of in terms of mate and start date like you know and the trends i suppose um look at the trend is to uh, greater use of sex semen i suppose um the guys that used it the farmers you had that used it last year how did they get on um is the trend to more sex semen being used to, used within your own client base, or what's the thoughts, or what's the top of conversation around that, Jamie? Look, I had a good few fellas that used it last year. I suppose uh, tried it mainly on heifer. Some lads tried it on cows. I don't think there was any disaster stories. Like fellas got on. Uh, in general, I think fellas got on fairly well with it. Like they were happy enough, uh, and you know. <sighs> I suppose we we be kind of telling lads to try it on the heifers with a fixed time AI protocol first and see how we get on with that. Some fellas, some fellas went ahead and used it on cows, like and not even with a fixed time AI protocol. You know, they just on unobserved heats and mm-hmm. and that, and and they got on well enough with it. Like they got on fairly well with it. Like you know, um, so uh, there's, there's probably a bit more uh, lads. Maybe fellas have used it on heifers last year might be going to try it on on cows this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in general, lads were happy enough. But, but what, what happened really, I suppose, last year, and I know we've seen it on some farms, is that um, they were a bit overcautious with the amount of dairy semen that they used. And they've ended up with a lot of Frisian heifer calves on the ground now, you know, in terms of the gahan better than expected, maybe with sex semen. And mm. they use a considerable amount of conventional straws then on, on cows. And and there, there seems to be a, a good lot of Frisian heifers uh, knocking around the place now, particularly on some 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 of the larger farms anyway. You know? Yeah, so really to mitigate mitigate that risk, there was more conventional going in, Seamus. Yeah, is that they're kind of happy now to maybe cut back on that? Yeah, yeah, built that bit of confidence. Yeah, I look at their their their. They're a bit more calculated in the amount of straws that they're using. You're getting a few more phone calls. Well, you know how many straws do we need to use? I want this many heifers. You know. Yeah. So we're kind of working on the basis of if you're aiming, if you if you calculate that you get maybe a sixty percent conception rate on the heifers and maybe a fifty percent on the cows that you're you're using fixed or sex semen on, uh, you know, work on the basis of of those of those figures for the amount of straws that you'll use, you know. And in general, in terms of what's what's the protocols of choice um, on heifers or where's the conversation around that in terms of fixed time, maybe the seven day program, natural heats, what's happening? Most fellas are are using that eight day program, you know, mm-hmm. um, our standard program, I suppose, as such. Um, it seems to be very little variation around that. Uh, that's what I'm seeing. I've come across a couple of cases now where where lads were kind of edging towards using sex semen on heifers with no protocol, like, you know, just on observed heats. And look, at be a bit nervous about that, really, uh, I suppose. And, and I suppose the, the other thing that has uh, come up at group meetings there over the last couple of weeks as well up, up until a week or 10 days ago there was still a lot of heifers in sheds you know mm. 
And look, what farmers will always tell you, oh, the heifers were bulling mad in the shade when I let them out then, that couldn't get them coming to bulling at all. So they're, they're a bit nervous maybe about, uh, some were even considering leaving the heifers in until they were bulled, you know, at this stage. Okay. Um, which, no, I, I think, I, I still think that if, if, if the heifers are let out and if you're putting them on a fixed time protocol, they'll be sound like, you know, but if you were, if you were aiming to do normal heat detection on them, it could be a bit more challenging like as such. Yeah. But it'd be important that they'd be getting out. If they're not out, they'd be getting out now that they have a fortnight to get settled in, I suppose, yeah, before they yeah, would yeah. be getting before they yeah. would be getting getting a straw. I suppose with that then there's a selection of cows piece. What the guys are probably asking in terms of Seamus, I want I want to put dairy semen into my best cows. How what's the protocols? What are guys looking for there? How are they selecting these cows? Well, you're looking they're they're selecting them on the basis of well, I, I'm telling them anyway. Is is look at your microcordon, like you know, look at the, you look at your your best cows that are producing your highest protein, fat and protein percent, uh, as a starting point. Like, there's no point in trying just because a, a cow calves on the first of February every year. Like, you know, it doesn't mean she should breed a heifer calf. Like, if if she's not producing the goods in terms of milk, solids, and fat and protein percent, um, so like fellas are definitely looking at microcordon and EBI data. You know, in general, those cows that are top of the list in terms of uh, fat and protein percent will be will be high on the milk sub index, I suppose, on the EBI anyway, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in general. Now, you will have a few outliers normally enough. So yeah. other than that, we're, we're kind of telling lads, look, younger cows, mm-hmm. probably no more than fourth lactation, ideally first, second or third lactation, I'd say. Mm. Um, cows that have no health issues, good potty condition score, uh, no calving issues, you know, you know, basically, yeah. she's she, she's she's calved she's flying early and ready to go. Yeah, you calved over fifty days, like you know. So yeah, 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 yeah. very good. Um, obviously, then that's leaving um, that's that's leaving more open to more cows open to beef. What is the look at? There's a big push on in terms of improving the quality of our calf crop. Um, clients that would have maybe improved the quality of beef AI bulls last year, I suppose, firstly, how did they get on? All Look, at the concern is always calving difficulty and um, increasing that calving difficulty in the calving house. How, how have those guys got on that's placed a bit more emphasis on calf quality? Well, I've had no reports of any issues with calving difficulty, I suppose, to put it, to put it like that, you know. Yes. The fellas seem to get on fine with it. Um, seem to be no issue moving moving the calves. As such, like, um, like in general, I think calves moved quite well this year. Uh, the only blip was when when the weather got bad there in in March, and maybe boats weren't moving, and a few other bits and pieces. And in general, he- calf health was good as well. Like you know, uh, when the weather changed in March, nearly everybody seemed to get a bit, little bit of touch of crypto and things like that. So, uh, but other than that, calves seem to be move on quite well and, and quite healthy. But in relation to the calving difficulty side of it and the beef side of the house. I've had no, no, I suppose, negative reports of, of, of Anthony by using, by using the higher DBI bulls. The one thing, I suppose, a couple of fellas have said to me is that coming to the end of breeding, they're probably going to focus a little bit more on, on gestation length. You know, okay. so, yeah. some of them got caught maybe with bulls that are trying to carry, carry a bit of time and cow them, a cow that maybe should have been calved 10 days ago. She's still in the cow in the, in the shed like. You know, so really, in terms of maybe switching back to a slightly shorter gestation bull for those last couple of weeks, just to get yeah. them tidied up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, very good. One question in there, Seamus, in terms of if you've efforts around two seventy two, two eighty kilos now, 
and mating start date isn't until the 8th of May. Is there any chance of them getting up to target? What's that? That's three weeks, is it? That's three weeks, yeah. So what they're, are those peppers going to do in a three-week period? Three weeks. So we say they have 21 days. If they, if they put on, look, it, it, we, say if, it, we say if they've been out a fortnight already, right, and they're acclimatized. So you'd be hoping that they'll put on over a kilo a day over that over that uh, 21 days. So we say they might put on 25 kilos. So that'll bring them up to... They're, they're, what do you say? They're, they're 270 kilos, is it? 270, 280, so they're 295, 300. Yeah, 295, 300. They're still going to be light, aren't they? Like, the best but, thing... It depends on what they are. Like, if they're crossbreds, they'll probably be fine. Like, But if they're black and whites, they're, they're underweight. The best thing you can hope for them is put them on a fixed-time protocol and see will it, if, if they're... Like, if they have... A, some of them might, might have cycled, you know? Uh, the fixed-time protocol will, has probably your best chance, but I don't think any of the other protocols... Uh, will will have any effect on them like will work. But, but you're right, Seamus, in the fact some people maybe look at, at holding off on breeding those heifers. It's important mm. to go and get them bred and a little bit of TLC maybe after that to yeah. get them back on target. Mm. You wouldn't be going with sex semen in that case, no. Seamus? No. Go with, go with conventional there in that yeah, case. Conventional, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. In terms of overall performance, then what's happening is 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 cow performance. Is it is it up or back on last year? Is is solids improving over the last few weeks? Solids last week were very poor. Like you know, uh, your average and proteins averaging about about three three twenty five. You know, mm. so it's it's very poor. Like and now, there's, obviously, there's a, there's a big variation right. in that. There's lads below three percent, and there's lads up at three forty. So the like what I'm seeing is the fellas. Who got cows out early and kept them out as reasonable amount? They are the ones that are up at up, up at three forty, heading for three fifty at the minute. Some lads that got little or no grazing done, they're the ones that are below three percent in general. You know, mm. um, so there's there's an awful urgency and to, to get get grass into cows now to correct that because one is one thing having milk price fallen, like we say, the, the base price fallen by five or six cents per month there for the last few months. But when you have po- proteins on the floor as well, it's a double whammy. Like, And uh, in general, look, at, I'm not saying fellas, fellas are, uh, aren't concerned about the fallen base milk price, like, but you, you never hear them complaining too much at group meetings about it. It's, it's, the, it's the, the things that they can control, I suppose, in terms of proteins and that, that they're more concerned about. So you know? really, I think if we wrap it up on that, the big message there, Shami, is um, get cows back grazing full time if they're not. Get, get them silage out of the diet. Covers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, fairly quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, Lucas, I want to thank you for coming on. It's, it's it's good to get a feel for what's happening on the ground. Um, we wish you well in the hide on um on Sunday. Really, I suppose Seamus's mood on Monday morning is going to be determined on. on well, it might well be because they... technically I'm a Lamford man, so. Ah, well, as regards wrong, football, you're, my you're, my mood is constantly on the floor in relation to that one. But <laughs> <laughs> you're long enough for common now; they'll accept you as one as one of your own. Come here, thanks, Seamus, and 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 thanks for our viewers. We'll be back next week with um, a farmer perspective. Um, Donald Ronan's joining us from the Revo um, Farm Profitability Program, so we we'll get a feel for what's happening um, next week with Donald. That's all for this week's bonus episode from the Let's Talk Dairy webinar series. And don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week. I'll be back with the usual Dairy Edge podcast on Monday, so do listen in then. I'm Stuart Childs, and thanks for listening.